Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of Artificial Entertainment. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Lakaitis. My other hosts are Tyler Yaney. Hi. And Mason Federley. Hi, I'm making the music. We don't have a theme song yet. We're working on it. And I think my audio is already peaking. But here we go. Woo! I have not begun to peak. That's good, that's good. You never want to peak in your first episode. Um, well, I guess I should introduce what this podcast is. Uh, this is a podcast where we pick a theme, and then we give each other terrible movies based on that theme. This week's theme was the first movie you ever realized was bad. So it's really specific, not, not a broad stroke there. But before we get into that, uh, we'd like to talk about the news. And uh, Mason has a name he'd like to call the news. We're the culture vultures. Oh my gosh. I, 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 I'm not for this. It sounds um, corny. But my, my suggestion was popping in on pop culture. So That's much worse. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> pop culture so, vultures. I have something I think we can bring in the news with. Oh, Please. Do you remember how the world ended on Saturday? First of all, Shh, you're dating the you're dating our first episode. People will know that we don't edit. This It'll very give quickly. it context. It's interesting. All right, go ahead. You know I no, meant. That, I meant that's movie, all I had. You know I meant movie you news, you. right? And not like just news in the world. You did. You did not make that specific. I have a whole list of stuff we can't talk about anymore. All right. <laughs> okay. So. What is everyone's favorite show on Cartoon Network? Ooh. Steven I don't Universe. have one anymore. Oh. All right. What, wait, 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 wait. Does Adult Swim count? Or just... No, no, no. I, I am ta- Cartoon Network proper. Okay. No, yeah, I'm going Steven Universe because it's still great. I am behind on it, but I love it. Okay. All right. No, it's a great show. I just got the art book for it. But Oh, no way. That's yeah, awesome. so good. So good. But guess which Cartoon Network show is getting a movie? Oh, I heard about this. Yep. Teen oh, Titans yeah. Go, the movie. Confirmed for oh, July 27th, no. 2018. Now, this takes place in a different subsection of the DCEU, I've heard. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Mm. DC's throwing everything at the wall, seeing what sticks. And somehow this show has stuck. Like, it's been around. I have to ask, who is watching this? Children? You know the people? Children, yeah. The people the channel's actually directed at. No. <laughs> Not a bunch of angry college kids. Yeah. Mm. They should know their audience by now. <laughs> so, yeah, that's happening. Kids don't know what they want. But, Tyler, Tyler this will be one of the... This will probably be the only 2D animated film next year. Oh, great. I'm so happy. No, I guess, America. I guess the My Little Pony movie is coming out. Yeah, no, yeah, Teen Titans Go is the second in the mediocre, Tara yeah. Strong cartoon cinematic yeah, universe. Yeah, the, the um, My Little Pony movie actually comes out on October 6th, so... Are we, uh, are we that, sponsored that by My Little Pony, the movie? Why are we plugging this? No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying, because I, I, I oh, so saw it, a poster for it at the movie theater yesterday. That movie comes out in, like, a week. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow! Okay. Oh, not that, that we're dating our release? episode. I I don't know. I'm not following the news on that movie. It is a wide release. Oh no! <laughs> the 
The bronies will love it. Cause they're, no, they're I still remember around. bronies were a thing like five years ago. I haven't heard a thing about them since. Oh, yeah. No. They've been in hibernation. Waiting. Waiting. So yeah, Teen Titans Go! will be the only 2D animated movie next year, Tyler. Are you going to go out and support it? No. <laughs> I'm sad. Well, there, there's always hope. Uh, here, here's some good news for uh, entertainment. Mm. Seth MacFarlane's live-action Flintstones TV show... Uh, no, it was, it was never live-action. Oh, it was just it? his crappy animation. Oh, okay. Well, it's not happening anymore. I thought that got canceled a long time ago, so when I read that news, I'm like, huh. Let's hang on to uh, thoughts on that for a little later on, because I have something that kind of ties into that with uh, my film. McFarlane mm. or the Flintstones? Oh, no, yeah, because you got... Yep, never mind. Yep, I got yep, you. Yep, I got you. Yep. No spoilers yet. Yeah. And, uh, Are you see. doing the Jetsons movie? <laughs> uh, the other... Starring Tiffany? The only other piece of news... Let's see, I guess the Isle of Dogs trailer came out. Which oh, looks... my gosh. <laughs> it looks wonderful. Of course. Mm. Yeah, that, that do you guys think, does. What do you think it'll be rated? Because I was wondering that watching it. Because I heard rumors it was going to be R. That would be interesting. I mean, I, I but think, based I think on that trailer, it looks like it could be a PG. I, I don't. I don't know. I think PG thirteen is just a safe bet. I mean, with Anderson, it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. That is true. That is very true. I'm, mm. I'm not sure who uh, the film's directed at yet. Uh, hipsters. Well, (laughs) and first year uh, film students. The last piece of news I have is, of course, the Maze Runner sequel, The Death Cure. Yes. The what? Yeah. They're making a sequel to The Maze Runner. Of course, we all remember The Maze Runner. No, we don't. Is that one of them divergence? I thought that got canned. No, no, it's not. It's it's in the same vein of trying to capitalize on The Hunger Games, but... uh, you mean the movie that came out, what, three years ago and then it was over? Here's the thing, yeah. though. Like, uh, when this trailer first ago? came out, I thought, this is this is late. The first Maze Runner was four years ago. Why, why'd they wait this long to do a sequel? But then it hit me. That's normal length, you know, for a sequel before, like, the MCU and everything started coming out. Wait, hold up. Is it? I thought there was a second one already. I, I have no idea. It was, it was the sure. something. It was the Scorch Trial. That whole genre is so tired, I think. <laughs> Wait, has, was <laughs> there a second? Maybe there was better? a second one. This is a third movie. This is a third <laughs> one? I totally thought this was the second one. No way. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my oh, wow. gosh. That's hysterical. Oh, wow. All right, so I was I was misinformed on that entirely. I'm glad I didn't tweet my thoughts about it. Well, but I thought that series was was gone because you don't really see those kind of movies anymore. I think Fox had like half of it made before all those uh, Hunger Games ripoffs fizzled out. So they're like, whatever, throw it into theaters. Yeah, there's supposed to be like one last Divergent movie, but it's going to be like a, a made-for-TV movie. Yeah, with all the actors from the other movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nope. Okay. So yeah. No. It's it. It is in fact the third Maze Runner. All right. Wow. The is a fourth one planned? I have in no like clue. Nine I'm years. Sure I don't they, know. They tend to. I don't know. Yeah. Because I would say you know trilogies are nice, solid numbers to do movies in, but uh, if they're falling the Hunger Games, they gotta go four. Yeah. And I have no well, clue. Well, and the and the and the last ones have to be a part one and part two. Exactly, exactly. 
And I have no clue if uh, the Maze Runner book series, I don't know how many books are in that. But, um, so I think that's the news. Yeah. Oh, ooh. Can, I, can I plug one thing while we're talking about recent stuff? Sure, go for it. And I'm only going to plug this because I hate plugging things, but I know no one else is going to plug it. So here we go. So the Warner Archive, which does uh, made-to-order DVDs of, like, I don't want to say Warner's lesser material, but not the stuff that's going to be uh, flying off the shelves, mm-hmm. has just released the first 101 Porky Pig cartoons. Beautifully restored, 40 bucks. I... I want to keep seeing Warner cartoons on DVD, and I think this is a great way to do it. So, if you're a fan of animation, please go check that out, purchase it, because... So, so are are Bugs and Daffy anywhere on the DVD, or is it just Bugs? Uh, Bugs has a cameo in one of the later ones, and Daffy's in a couple of them. In fact, Daffy's first cartoon, uh, Porky's Duck Hunt from 1937... Which was a Tex Avery cartoon? Is mm-hmm. on there. There is a Porky the Pig cartoon where he gets like a tour of the Warner Brothers lot, and it, it's a mix of animation, and live action, and Daffy's mess. No, that's uh, you ought to be in pictures, which I believe is 1940. I want to say, and that has Porky and Daffy, and they shot all the live action footage for that on a silent camera. So Mel Blank still does all the voices, <laughs> even for the live action people, which is nice. hilarious. Is that on the DVD, or is that is that later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, because I'm a nerd, uh, you can find that on the Looney Tunes Golden Collection Volume 2. That cartoon's on there. Okay. I will definitely want to check that out, then. Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, while we're talking about it, though, who are, or who is your favorite Looney Tune character, both of you? Oh, Bugs. Totally. Really? Okay. Uh, I've always loved Daffy. And I always will. Um, I've had to pick because there's kind of two Daffys. There's the wacky 40s and 30s Daffy. And then there's the kind of greedy Daffy that Chuck Jones kind of made popular in the 50s. Mm-hmm. I like them both, but I prefer wacky Daffy. Cause he's kind of like messing yeah. with Porky. Yeah. I was going to say, you got to say those clues together since they rhyme so much. You got to say wacky Daffy. Yeah, you gotta... <laughs> Wacky Daffy. Yeah, no, Ty- Tyler's is much more in-depth. I just like Bugs because he's kind of like Groucho for the most part. I mean, I know way too much about this, but there's... Bugs kind of comes more chill and kind of reacts to things in the later years, but in the early cartoons, he's just kind of messing with Elmer and other characters just because. Right, yep. Yeah. Who, who, who's yeah. your favorite, Mace? Mine is Daff. Uh, mine's Daffy as well, uh, and I would I would agree with with Tyler. I think the I have more fun enjoying the wacky Daffy from the 30s and 40s, um, more so than the more modern greedy Daffy. Yeah. Um, I think I think uh, I, and I still enjoy I still enjoy Daffy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as he gets gre- like turns to the greedy type. Um, but I think I think that I, I I don't know. There's something very different about that di- that Daffy. So I think the distinction between wacky and greedy is is, is very apt. Okay, yeah. it's weird in the uh, in all the modern in our adaptions of them, they try to mix both of them, mm-hmm. and like it kind of works. And back in action, like it kind of lean more towards greedy, but it'll still do the you know the hoo hoo thing. Mm-hmm. 
And Space Jam's just terrible. It's unrelated, but I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> gotta, gotta make sure that goes in every episode. Um, <laughs> I'm fine with that. I honestly, but, okay, we're getting off subject, but I love, yeah. I love when they pair Porky and Sylvester. I think that's such a wonderful combination that isn't in a lot of the cartoons. Yeah, you don't really see that too much. And I, th- I, think... I believe that was only a uh, a Chuck Jones trilogy of kind of spooky cartoons of him. Yeah, it, it's Sylvester they trying to house save Porky twice, and then they get abducted by aliens once. See, I've only seen one of them. Um, but it's got my favorite image of a Looney Tunes, of just Sylvester standing in a window as the sun rises, holding a rifle. I think that's some of the most funny imagery Looney Tunes oh, has. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know it was my, my uh, cover photo on Facebook for a bit, but yeah. I, no, I, yeah, I, really I, I remember that. All right, so do you want to get into the meat of this podcast? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I think we'll go left to right as we appear in the logo, unless, Tyler, you want to go second. I'm all for going last. Nah, I'll go last. All right, then we'll start <laughs> off with Mason. Um, okay. Again, the, the theme this week was uh, the first movie you ever realized was bad. So we all grew up as kids thinking, movies are great. Movies are wonderful. You can't make a bad movie. And all of a sudden, we reach an age and we see a movie where we realize... Oh, no. Movies can be terrible. So we've picked uh, for each other the first movie we ever saw. We're like, this is horrible. And uh, Mason, what were you given? I was given a film by uh, Mr. Tyler Yaney. Um, some of you will, you will remember this film. Uh, the 2002 Scooby-Doo movie. So, Tyler, why did... Why did you give this one to Mason? Um, I think this was the first movie I saw in a theater that I regretted seeing in a theater. Because for me, going to the movies was like the greatest thing ever. And my grandparents would take me all the time. And I like looked forward to it. And it was mm-hmm. a magical thing. And I was never disappointed. And then we saw this. And I was like, oh no. I can't believe how similar my story is to that, but I'll, I'll share because that Because I'm a, I'm, I'm a people pleaser. Like, I knew my p- grandparents just threw a bunch of money at this, buying me popcorn and candy and things. And just the disappointment of all three of us walking out of the theater, like, nobody enjoyed that. I just wasted their money. What's wrong with me? <laughs> You're just, like, stealing my story for later. But, yeah, no, I, I understand that. Yeah, no, um... I think now that I know of what it was trying to be... And who, who, and how it's kind of uh, the evolution of James Gunn's career. I, I kind of let it give it a pass, but at the time, like I just I didn't understand what they were trying to do because like half the time they're trying to make fun and kind of poke fun at the series, but the, the other half is just awful juvenile humor. Well, we'll break it down I, as we go along. So uh, Mason, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so um, Scooby-Doo, um, I, I'm guessing a lot of our, our listeners uh, probably saw this, because it, it, the film you know, was pretty big uh, when it came out, as I recall. Um, some of you may not know this, but uh, the screenplay was actually written by James Gunn. Both uh, live-action movies were written by James yeah, Gunn. Yeah, both of both this and uh, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed uh, were both written by James Gunn, who is now the director of both of the Guardians of the Galaxy films, which are two of my favorite films of all time. Um, so I went in 
because I haven't seen the film in years, uh, went in thinking that. I was like, you know what? It's probably going to hold up. I mean, it's James Gunn. It did not hold up. Mm. Did not. And I, I remember not hating the film, but I remember just like, like, eh, you know, because I really yep. enjoyed Scooby-Doo, the cartoon, growing up. Oh, yeah. Um, but... Um, that's some of the first you know, I've TV always been I can remember watching. I, yeah. I, I'd always watch it, like, my favorite episodes is when uh, Scooby-Doo would team up with the Globetrotters. Oh, my gosh, no. I think that happened twice. <laughs> it did. And yeah. Those were yeah. My, it was, because I was homeschooled, and those were always on when I'd go to lunch. It was Scooby-Doo meets the Globetrotters, or Batman, or the Three Stooges. Yeah. I, like I, I remember they met, ones. like, Laurel and Hardy, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> I have no clue who these people are. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just as a refresher for people who haven't seen it in a while, you lucky people. Um, so the film starts with a classic sort of setup, uh, and it kind of goes awry, but they, so they save the day and they're all very selfish and, uh, you know, focused on themselves, uh, with the exception being Scooby, of course, and Shaggy. And I want to take a minute and just say, if there's one person who I think really knocks it out of the park in this film, it's uh, it's Matthew Lillard playing Shaggy. Mm-hmm. I think Absolutely. he really embodies the character very well. The only other person I think who might get that distinction um, would be Linda Cardinelli playing Velma. I think she also does a great job, but Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah, um, just Sarah Michelle Gellar playing... No, they're... Yeah, Buffy. They're, oh, I can't stand either of them. I cannot stand either of them. They are horribly casted. I think, I, th- I keep looking at the film trying to think of like where, where did things kind of go wrong? Because I mean, James Gunn, and I've heard stories that his original draft for this film was actually very much a little more adult, a little more tongue in cheek. Right, um, like and Shaggy's think, actually a stoner instead of it being just implied. Yeah, and there's hints between Daphne and Velma, which it's it because that was always what, in the cartoon series. I, there's always been that in the pop culture, like in that pop culture spectrum between them. Well, yeah, you um, go on DeviantArt, but plenty of stuff like that. Well, the, this was before DeviantArt, so or well, it may not have been, but early days of DeviantArt. Not in the hearts of man. Um, <laughs> but in any case, I think it was. I think what might have been the problem was Warner Brothers is kind of how I've made it in my head that they kind of stepped in and were like, listen. Are, are you saying because, Warner Brothers uh, screwed up a big name product movie? Oh my gosh, imagine it. They imagine got, Warner Brothers so stepping in, taking away time. artist integrity and uh, making a big pile of meh. Um, I, yes, it's amazing that the <laughs> Suicide Squad do it. Yeah, no, this was kind of uh, patient zero of that. And. Uh, Ooh, what a rough reference. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, they uh, split apart for two years and then a, they get an invitation to Spooky Island. They all reunite. Crazy stuff's happening uh, with, like, the students who are going to this resort island or, you know, all crazy, rowdy uh, oh, can college I just students. point out the one funny part of the movie I remember? what is that little like short instructional video you know what i'm talking yes. about yes yes what, what is this short instruction video i, I don't i don't remember that they, yeah they, they they come across this instruction video in this old abandoned attraction on spooky island where it's it sort of brainwashes the the students uh to how to act and it's very 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 dated 
And uh, so, like, they uh, they do it, and this guy, this one kid bumps into another, and the guy's like, oh, sorry, dog. And, the, you know, the guy, like, smashes his glass. He's like, I will destroy you. That's not how they react. Let's try that again. Boom. Oh, sorry, dog. No, no problem. No biggie, dog. Did you check the new Shizau on the box? Yeah, for real. Word. And it was terrible. It was horrible, and it made me cringe. It is such a cringy movie. Now, oh, uh, I tell tell our audience whose talent do they waste in this movie? Oh, I, I remember this. Everyone's oh, Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, yeah, Second Rowan movie. Atkinson. Because <laughs> I don't understand why he's there. He makes there twenty five other actors that I think could have been in that role much better and much more fitting to the Scooby Doo feel. And I just don't get and that. I don't get. Yeah, as yeah. I recall, he just doesn't do anything in the movie. No, nope. he doesn't. No, he doesn't until the twist at the end, which I'm not going to spoil. No, even though the film spoil came it. Out. Oh, it's, it's we'll a, spoil it's it when we get towards the movie. end. We'll spoil it when yeah. we get towards the so end. So anyway, they're going okay. through, and these monsters suddenly appear on the island. There's no build-up to them. There's nothing. There's no... The plot makes no sense how to introduce these monsters. But it, because it's, the peak, thing... it's peak early 2000 CGI, right? It's so oh, it's, bad! It is the worst CGI. <laughs> they manage a little bit on Scoob, who looks like Marmaduke, frankly. But oh, Marmaduke looks like Scoob. Yeah, right? the monsters look terrible. And there's no build-up to their reveal. It's just they walk into the shot and like, oh, there are, mon- there are, actually, there are monsters in this. Well, that's... Stupid. I don't know what Nintendo 64 game they stole them from, but they look awful. Like, it is no, some of the they're, worst they're crash Bandicoot designs. Like, that's what they look like. The creature <laughs> design on them is terrible, frankly. And exactly. I, I don't, Absolutely. It, they, it, they come out of nowhere. They look terrible. It's, it's awful. It, it is awful. And there's so many better ways. Even if they looked as stupid as they do, you could have built it up a little bit more. But they sneak, like, they lead Scooby into the woods to a bag of hamburgers or uh. hamburgers. Because that, I think the thing about Scooby Doo is, yeah, the thing about Scooby Doo is you can really only entertain his voice for probably a thirty, well, twenty-two minute episode. After that, it becomes grating and it's stupid. At least it's not Astro. I remember Astro from the Jetsons being a lot worse than Scooby Doo. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But anyway, story goes on. If the Scooby Doo actor just wasn't trying in the studio that day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, story goes on, the mystery things, but not really mystery things. It's not really a detective movie. They don't do any detective. They putz around and, like, idiotically walk into clues. It's like Um, they drop the Scooby-Doo gang into a haunted beach movie, almost. Yeah, it's like, no, no, it's like they drop them into scary movie. It's like they drop the Scooby-Doo gang into scary movie, and it's just poorly executed in every way anyway plot goes on there's weird things and Scooby doesn't, doesn't shaggy have like a love interest in this yes yes named mary jane because of course he does Do you I, get I, it? I, no no as a kid i didn't get it i'm sitting there going i didn't why, why, why shaggy dating peter parker's girl and that's not that's not Kristen duns from the spider-man movies what's going I, I don't get the joke yeah, well, well, now we do. But I think that in and of itself is kind of, like, funny, but it's like, eh, okay, you didn't need to do that, but all right. And that's another thing that kind of annoys me with it is because at the very end, everyone ends up with someone. There's, like, a guy that Velma talks to out of nowhere for, like, two minutes 
for a flashback to literally serve the purpose of a flashback sequence that sets up the big reveal at the end. Ugh, and they right. end up together, kissing at the end or together at the end. And then Mary Jane and Shaggy, they're together at the end. And uh, suddenly out of nowhere, Velma and, not Velma, Daphne and Fred are kiss at the end. I'm like, why? But there's even more hinting between Velma and Fred. So like, even at that, it makes no sense. Because that would have kind of been a nice little twist. we know all these relationships last into the second one. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Wait, are you, are you saying it, that wasn't Seth Green in the first movie? No, he was in the second oh, one. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, yeah, he's he only comes in in the second one. Right, I, I'm kidding. You're kidding, I know, I know. But yeah, they come out of nowhere. But here's the... It actually... That has to do with my biggest problem with the film. For the whole chunk of the movie... Shaggy, yeah, Scooby, but Shaggy, because he's the human element of it, was working so hard to keep the group together. Hey, at least we still have each other, Scoob. We still have each other. They wait for two years, and, you know, they're still together. Then the rest of the gang, and he pushes, and he's pushing so hard. Finally, he's he's with Mary Jane, and that relationship com- comes into conflict between uh, his relationship with Scooby mm-hmm. and... Because you find out that the that Mary Jane's you know taken over by one of the monsters is possessed or whatever, mm-hmm. so he's trying to be like no Scoob or no Shaggy like tries to scare her off, bark her off, and they start fighting, and that could actually be the crux of the like the emotional core of the movie where oh the two people that you thought would never fight never you know fall apart they like they reach their limit over something like this, but then it delves into. Your mom eats cat poop. That's literally a line when this should be a, like the emotional core of the film. Oh. oh boy. And it turns into a farce. It turns into a farce. And it could have been so, it could have had heart. Because I feel like it was working on that with Shaggy at least. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just is like, well, no, it, that's too much for kids. Even though like crap like a goofy movie could handle stuff that's really deep like that. Mm. Um and it, no, no, we can't go there. Your mom eats cat poop, and you have to like fake fisticuffs. Like no, that you could have actually had something with meaning there. Um, but uh, yeah, so so how, long how does story, it, how does it end? Long story yeah, short, yeah, the worst they, uh, part of the movie by far. They save the day. They save the day through hijinks, not actual detecting, and um, to, come to find out, they take the mask off of Mister. Montevarius, who is Rowan Atkinson's character who owns Spooky Island, and it's a robot. And oh, the robot opens up and it's Scrappy Dabby Doo. Mm. And in a better movie. So betrayed when that happened. It's like, what? Yeah, it was the first time I was angry at a theater as a little kid, which was weird. (laughs) Yeah. But I think in a better movie, it would have worked if they set it up better, but they just make him a jerk from the beginning. Like, there could have been something there, but it's not executed nearly as well as it should. Yeah, as it's not even on the going map. in and seeing this movie, I'm thinking, well, that's not Scrappy's character. Because in the flashback, you know, we see that the whole gang hates Scrappy. Uh, he's really annoying. He pees on, I believe, Daphne? I think yeah, that's... he pees on Daphne, Daphne because let's do that. And then they just kick him out of the mystery van on the side of the road, and he makes a Powerpuff Girls reference, because Cartoon Network, and we move on. He makes a Powerpuff Girls reference? Yeah, yeah, he does make a Powerpuff Girls reference. It's random. But I just right. like, that was never Scrappy's character. He, he was never a jerk. He or was not a fan of the Powerpuff himself. Girls. 
Yeah, but he was... <laughs> he was... Yeah, I mean, he's... You didn't need him in the movie at all, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's just kind of all falls apart. The worst part is that he turns into a giant Hulk monster, and by then you're just... Yeah, like, he does... Oh, I forgot yeah, about the that. supernatural <laughs> thing, element, and he becomes a super mutant dog. Then they have to defeat him like that, and it's CGI like boss level And the manages to get worse. <laughs> yeah, the CGI does get worse, and then... Uh, they defeat him, he shrinks back down, and the gang's back together, and I just everyone realized, starts making I just out. It's weird. that Batman Arkham Asylum steals their ending from the Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> Scrappy-Doo turns into a giant monster? Yeah, because Joker takes the, the, the Bane Venom and turns into a hulking monster to take on Batman, and it looks a lot worse than it did at the beginning. They totally just <laughs> ripped true. off the Scooby-Doo movie. Oh my gosh. Well, it's both Warner Brothers, so. Oh, the connection's... The plot yeah, layers. You're blowing my mind, man. Um, but yeah, so what uh, What I got out of this, um, and this is kind of what goes into the Flintstones thing, mm. I think I think Warner Brothers or whoever's in charge, Hanna-Barbera, whatever, oh. they need to stop making that stuff, making Scooby-Doo and those things for kids. I think, um, I think they need to... The, I think that market's gone for them. I th- and I think people our age who grew up watching the cartoons on Boomerang or, you know, when they were still in syndication on Cartoon Network before they took them off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the older generations, of course, I think that's their market now. And I think Scooby-Doo, just for, you know, the sake of what I'm saying here, Scooby-Doo needs to grow up mm-hmm. with with us if they want to continue that so that you, brand, you're, that you're franchise. you're saying we shouldn't go back to a pup named Scooby-Doo? Absolutely that was quality, not. man. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I honestly, I did enjoy a pup named Scooby Doo. Uh, Mason, if I could just disagree with you there, do you know what the two most consistently popular and rebooted cartoons are? Scooby Doo and Tom and Jerry. They're still going, and kids still watch them. But the quality has consistently gone down. No one's arguing down. with Have... you there, but as long as those two continue to be uh, money makers, Warner Brothers will keep shelling them out. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't look for that. I think Warner Brothers. But I has think already there are so many other Scooby-Doo brands. Movie. I think there, yeah, no, I know they're working on another one, but I think there's so many other brands there that take precedence in the mind of a kid. Mm-hmm. There really isn't that much of a market for, like, there aren't that many kids who are crazy about Scooby-Doo anymore. Maybe you're right. I remember when, when the, Scooby-Doo and the gang were all puppets. No, that's, that's, no, that, I don't. They brought back a pup named Scooby-Doo, and then they were all puppets. And I don't know if they had their own show, but I think they made their own TV movie. Did they call it a puppet named Scooby-Doo? Oh my gosh. It, it would have been slightly better had they did. But what a missed opportunity. <laughs> so I think if you want to go see a good Scooby-Doo movie, uh, there were two animated movies made. Uh, I forget what they're called. I think it's Zooby, uh, yes. Zooby-Doo. On, Zooby-Doo. I was literally about to say this. Scooby-Doo on Zombie yes. Island is the ideal Scooby-Doo movie. It's pretty great. And isn't um, there one with, they, they, they're like, there's a, a the Book of the Witch or something Yeah, like the that? Witch's Ghost Something like quality. that. It's, I haven't seen that yep. one, but Sam I did Curry's see. Yeah, I, oh, really? I saw that at my grandparents' house, and I did not want to go to bed, because that was legitimately scary. No, the, both yeah. of those are. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island is a anime is an animated feature, and it's fantastic because it does the whole thing where, that the Scooby Doo mo- like the live action one does, where oh, this time the monsters are real, 
but it does it ten times better mm-hmm. because there's yep. build up. Aren't they like cat people? There's a... It's been a while. No, there. No. Well, there are cat people towards That's the end, but I'm there's zombies okay. up front. <laughs> yeah, there's zombies, and it's, Do they meet but they build... and the pussy cats. Is that, the that no? Once? Seriously, seriously. No, I'm trying to. <laughs> seriously, there's build up. There's there's the build up of the mythos. There's this atmosphere, mm-hmm. and yeah, you have the beginning where they're doing the traditional shtick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of you know, unmasking the people, but then they get out in this scenario. In I think it's in Louisiana, and yeah. it's just it really, yeah, it's it actually is scary, but it stays true to Scooby Doo. Yeah, that should have gone to theaters. Not that stupid movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as I honestly. recall, there's a point where the fl- where the switch flips, and uh, they go to unmask the monster, but it's a real zombie, and the head just comes off. But yeah, family yeah. picture. I just remember, like, but think about oh that. my think gosh, of- no! <laughs> yeah, but think about that. You had that in an animated kids film that went direct to direct to VHS at the time, mm-hmm. and that was more like you know, I, I I don't know. I think that was a better product than oh, what totally. they probably sunk millions into. I I don't have the facts in front of me right now, but I know they obviously they sunk in millions to live action scooby-doo film mm-hmm. you gotta and, go again we are we are not plugging anything this is this is <laughs> we can talk about things in our in our lives no, not plugging them tyler i'm just letting them know if box but... office mojo wants to pay us go for it oh yeah no we will we are definitely a podcast that will accept ads i'm not saying we're right opposed now. to plugging things i'm just saying we're not being paid to plug things presently <laughs> We're we're two small podcasts to have ads right now, so just sit here and enjoy our ad-free voices. All right, so we don't really have a grading system yet. We just kind of have. So, would you buy this worth a rent or? Can I, can I just ask a question about the rating system? If we know they're terrible movies, why do we have a like either you because sometimes it because some t- or you don't because terrible movies are subjective. Okay. Because yeah. okay. I mean, you know, this might be a film that. You know, you hated, but I loved. Exactly. Um, that's, that's not true. the case. That is true. But here's what I would say: um, if you want some some white noise on at a Halloween party and just something on the TV, sure. But other than that, I'd avoid it. Mm. But, I'd look for I'd look for those animated the animated movies before I'd look for. But the, if you need that, white noise, I'm, that's what music's for. Just put on the Monster true. Mash. <laughs> on repeat. Yeah. Seriously, seriously, and it's not even that spooky. So. What I would do is, uh, yeah, I, w- I would avoid it. All right, avoid it. Not one of the things I said, but we'll go with it. <laughs> uh, it's whatever. It's what I, All right, so I guess it's my turn. And Mason gave me The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Mm. Okay, before, before people start hating me, because I know this is a cult film and it has a following, um, I was probably 14 when I saw this movie and I could not get through it. I was incredibly bored um, and I hadn't, haven't watched it since. Um, it was one of those rainy day movies. Uh, I think I was watching it. I was I had a uh, science fiction class at the time and we had our big project for, for the end of the school year and I was just watching pretty much any science fiction. Not doing your homework. Just no, 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 no. I mean, it was I was doing research because I had to shoot a uh, science fiction, my own science fiction movie. So I watched that and I hated it, and it just it literally made me angry, and I don't know why it did. 
it's just weird and I want to try it again at some point, but I, I don't have the strength right now. Okay, so I'm just going to spoil my review straight at the beginning. I love this movie. <laughs> oh wow. my gosh, did I love this movie. This movie is just the epitome of everything 80s you would see in a movie. Like, this is... It's not even the perfect bad movie. It's just the perfect weird 80s movie. Yeah. Oh, I'd my gosh. It's got everyone in it. Let's see. It's It's got uh, Robocop. Yes. It's got Peter Weller. It's got uh, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yeah. It's got... Uh, John Lithgow, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Clancy Brown, Seriously? and uh, yeah. yeah, even Jonathan Banks from like uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, he's got a cameo. Yep, Jonathan Banks was he? What, what do I know him from? Uh, I only know him from uh, the two things he's. he's oh doing. no, you're gonna you're Car gonna hate me. Horrible bosses too. Oh, is he in that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, right now he just looks like an old bald guy with a really broken nose, like an old but my old goodness. Wilson. Sure, we can go with that. Perfect. I I have no idea how to describe this film. Uh, so here we go. Uh, essentially, Buckaroo Banzai uh, travels the world because he's a brilliant physicist, but he wasn't content with just being a physicist. So he's also in a rock band called, oh, what is it, the Hong Kong Cavaliers. So they travel the world doing physics, bands, and fighting crime. I, 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 they do bands. That's not... Anyway, there, so much happens in this film, and yet nothing happens. It's like they throw all this information at you, and yet there's none of it sticks. Like, I can't tell you what's going on. Okay, all right. So the film starts out, Buckaroo Banzai and Jeff Goldblum are operating on this brain... Because it is some guy, important surgery. But Buckaroo's got to go. He's got to test out in the desert. So he invites Jeff Goldblum to join his gang, or his band. And he gets out of there. He lands a helicopter, gets into this rocket car in the middle of the desert. And this rocket car looks like, you know, when you were eight years old building with Legos. It's just a chunky car with a rocket fin on the back with rockets. And he just starts going. And it turns out they are currently experimenting how to get to the eighth dimension. So he goes blowing through the desert as fast as he can. He shoots through a mountain, uh, you know, into the eighth dimension, pops out the other side of the mountain, and there's this weird alien brain underneath the car. So they jump in, in their bus, which is called, oh, what is it called? World War... It, Oh, it's not World War One, but it sounds like World War One. I. I cannot remember the name of it. Shoot, that's the thing. None of the information in this movie sticks in your head. It just kind of happens, and you just let it come at you in, in Except waves. Except for John Big Boutet. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So apparently, John Lithgow, uh, he's this mad doctor who's in an insane asylum. <laughs> Because he tried to do the exact test that Buckaroo Banzai just completed. Um, but he wasn't going fast enough. So he he got stuck in the hole to the 8th dimension. So he looked like Winnie the Pooh when he got stuck in Rabbit's Hole. Mm. 
Uh, so they pull him out, and it he goes seemingly insane. But I think I think what happens is one of the aliens from the eighth dimension possesses his body. So again, yeah, that's how I understood it too. Yeah, a lot of a lot of information, but no exposition, or lots of exposition, or no and no information. It, it goes back and forth with that. So he breaks out of the insane asylum, killing Jonathan Banks. Um, and he calls his friend John Boutet, who is played by Christopher Lloyd. And the thing I realized watching this film is uh, you can't have John Lithgow and Christopher Lloyd in the same movie. You'll just get confused. Huh. <laughs> He's like, these are two bald men that play crazy characters. And it's confusing. And it's, re- it's really weird that uh, Jonathan Lithgow is in charge of Doc Brown. Christopher yeah. Lloyd, because I just forgot his name. Split second. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in my mind, Christopher Brown... Oh, my gosh. Christopher Lloyd is the bigger actor. So I, I would think he would be in charge. But I guess since Back to the Future hadn't happened yet, he wasn't that big of a name. Yeah, and I have yeah, no clue possibly. where we are with John Lithgow and Third Rock from the Sun. No, that was like that. that was a few nowhere years near, out. nowhere near. Okay, I didn't know, I didn't know. So he breaks out, and he yeah, he's trying to get to his friends. So we cut back to Buckaroo Banzai. They have found this brain, huge advancement in science. So what do they do? They go play a show. There, they meet a girl named Penny Pretty, who is very depressed. She's about to kill herself in the middle of their show, but uh, Buckaroo stops her, and he's intrigued by her. So he, uh, they stop her from killing herself. She gets arrested because she had a gun, and they thought she was going to assassinate Buckaroo, but that wasn't the case. So, and this is all before doing anything with the science thing they just discovered. So the next day, they go pick up Jeff Goldblum, who is dressed full-on cowboy, they go to the jail and get Penny out, and we're not sure why, but Buckaroo is obsessed with her. There's something she looks like someone. Okay. Turns out it's uh, Buckaroo's uh, dead wife. Somehow, in some way, Penny is a twin. It's her twin, but she was adopted. And blah blah blah. I don't know. It doesn't matter, but it's just there. So then they take Penny and Jeff Goldblum to this news conference. Uh, where the Secretary of Defense is, and they're talking about that they've discovered the Eighth Dimension, that there might be aliens of some sort. Oh, and we cut to space out of nowhere and see a UFO, and there's just these weird bug people, and they call Buckaroo Banzai saying, we are the President of the United States, you need to talk to us, and they shock Buckaroo Banzai through the phone, so now he can see the aliens that are disguised as humans. Like in They Live. Nice reference, dude. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So he sees that there are two reporters in the conference that are aliens. Suddenly they kidnap uh, Buckaroo Banzai's friend. He's he's this old professor. He was John Lithgow's partner in the past. He helped Buckaroo, you know, jump to the eighth dimension. So Buckaroo chases after them. uh, And he just finds a motorcycle in an alley while they're in a... No, the... They say early on in the news conference, all right, we got to make this fast. There's a Harley Davidson show coming in next. So they set up that there will be a bunch of Harleys out in the alleyway for Buckaroo to take to chase him down. 
So uh, while he's chasing them, we see that the secretary really wants the car they used. I don't know if he's supposed to be a villain or if he has worked with them in the past because he seems chummy with them, but at, at the same time, a very against everything they do. So, and then we see a pod from what I would assume was the UFO up in space, land on Earth. Um, some hunters find it, and then the aliens that kidnapped the professor come to, uh, to inspect it. Do you see how confusing this film is? Yeah, I'm lost. Yes. Believe yeah. it or not, I am already 48 minutes into the film, but it only feels like 15. I was shocked when I saw that I was already halfway into this movie. It, it's so weirdly entertaining, you just have to watch. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, I guess there I what I think is happening, and I cannot say for certain, because again, a lot of information but no exposition, it looks like this alien race from the 8th dimension had some sort of race war. Oh. And I think there are, I think the two types are uh, either red or brown versus black. I'm not sure, but they have come to our Earth after some war on their planet, and they came when Orson Welles did his War of the Worlds. Orson Welles broadcast. is in the movie. He's not in the movie, but he's referenced. We, uh, do you know? No, okay, I, know, so I know what you're back, talking about. It's, no, he like had right, like a little for, walk on cameo. What? <laughs> no. Oh, and they even say Orson Welles. No, no, the guy from the wine commercials. <laughs> Frozen peas. This is all my fault. Oh, I'm Orson Welles. Yes. It turns out his War of the Worlds radio broadcast mm -hmm. was true. They were brainwashing him to tell the story of how they came to New Jersey, but also this way they could say it was faked. I don't. I don't understand why it's here, but it, there it is. And they all took the name John something, so that's why we have John Big Booty or John. John it's Big Booty. Bute, yeah. So, basically, uh, Buckaroo Banzai saves the old professor. Uh, then they call in, I think what they say is their blue jackets. And I guess Buckaroo Banzai is such a popular thing in the world. He has a fan club of just people. And they can call those people, ordinary citizens, to come and help them on their dangerous adventures. So this little kid and his dad happen to have a helicopter nearby. They fly in, save Buckaroo Banzai from the aliens, um, and, and goes back to headquarters. Wow, that's immersive entertainment. Mm. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, so they basically, uh, John Boutte, uh, Christopher Lloyd, and his guys, they go back to Buckaroo's HQ. Somehow they beat him to his HQ, even though they were in a van and, and Buckaroo was in a helicopter. They uh, go in and steal the brain thing, because I guess... That's what John Lithgow needs to get back to the eighth dimension to their planet. Because I guess whoever has invaded John Lithgow's body was, and they say this, worse than Hitler. Oh my. Oh my. Yeah, it's it's such a weird movie. I but I loved it so much. So So how does it end? Alright, we can we can jump straight to there. Clancy Brown gets <laughs> shot. Jeff Goldblum's a treat. Uh, he doesn't know how to wield a gun. <laughs> so basically, an alien from the other side comes to Buckaroo and like, look, this is their plan. Uh, we, this is how we stop them. So, he's Jamaican, isn't he? Yeah. He's Jama 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, what? I tried to look up his... I think yeah. his name... I think his John is John Gant? Oh, my... Yeah, this he, screenplay must have been a mess. This script, it feels like this was supposed to be a season of television that they've just edited into one film. Well, what's interesting is I actually watched a video essay last week um, by... His name is escaping me right now, so I do apologize. Uh, but he, he has a theory... Well, not a theory, but he, he was talking about it saying that this was supposed to be step one in this test for an uh, the very first cinematic universe. Nuh-uh. I mean, they, they even say at the end of the movie, look out for Buckaroo, Buckaroo Banzai exactly. versus the Injustice crew. Like, they were already like it had a sequel. It was giving off this sense of a bigger world or an expanded universe um, because it was really built off of the old serials from the 40s, which is, you know, where some of those elements come from. What what I couldn't find, was Buckaroo Banzai a real character at one point or was he an original creation? He was an original creation. He was based off of a lot of pulp characters from right. the 30s and 40s. This movie feels so much like it's based off of something, but they do it so well. Yeah, like Flash Gordon and had a bit of the shadow and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So, okay, so essentially the, the exactly. movie ends with John Lithgow. He's built a giant uh, spaceship so they can all go back to the 8th dimension. But Buckaroo Banzai and uh, John Gant have gotten into his little spaceship and are following them. And there's no huge space battle. There's no, we have to figure out how to bring their ship down. It's just, what's this? Oh my gosh, it's a giant gun. And they just shoot him out of the sky. Just blows up. That's it. And that's how the that's movie the is. Movie? It's a little anticlimactic. Oh my gosh, it's so anticlimactic. It's wonderful. And then they all walk in like a, a flood. Uh, oh, I don't even know what it's called. They just walk through like a... Almost like a reservoir. Yeah, they walk through a reservoir all together as a team. Yeah, yeah. I rem- I distinctly remember that. I was like, this is this was Oh dear. I I absolutely loved it. Huh. I'd say it's it's certainly worth a rent. Make sure you like it. But I really want to get it on Blu-ray just for the bonus features. I want to hear all the stories of what this was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I absolutely loved it. And this is, you should totally look this film up. There was talk for a while. I think there was an adaptation, a comic book adaptation of the sequel that it hints at towards the end. I, I will the, go and look for that. Huh. Yeah. I, I, the only thing I could find, I guess Kevin Smith is going to reboot no, it. No, that, that got canceled finally. He was supposed Did to. It? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well. Uh, and yeah, the only other thing I have to say is I'm pretty sure uh, Matt Smith's doctor from Doctor Who stole Peter Laurie's look. Peter Laurie's in it? No, not Peter Laurie. Peter Weller. Oh, shoot. I knew, I knew I was going to screw up on that. I knew it. Bakaru Banzai, it's wonderful to see you. You despise me, don't you? <laughs> Okay, alright, so Tyler Don't what make film me. did I give you? Don't make me do this. Alright, I think on this show we could see, we should see who won and who lost and who got away with it. I think you won, Mason got away with it. I lost. Oh, oh I <laughs> not know only you did. did I lose, I lost twice. 
Because you went above and beyond. I did. No, I did my homework. So I got Dougal from 2006. Which I there's an sure, elaborate history for this piece of crap that nobody saw, but here it goes. So all right, here, here. Let me let me set up why I gave. Oh you yeah, two. yeah. My bad. Go for it. My story is so similar to yours. My nana and poppy always took me to go see movies. They were the ones that took me to to the theater. I remember it was either Dougal or Ice Dogs or what was it? Eight Below. I think it was Eight Below. <laughs> Ice it was like, Dogs. Oh, what's the one with Snow Q- Dogs? Uh, Snow Junior? Dogs. Yeah. No. This um. Eight Below is the depressing version of of Snow Dogs. So I knew I, it was either Eight Below or Dougal. Mm-hmm. And my Snow grandparents Dogs. wanted to go see... No, 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 no. It was Eight it Below. It was Eight Below? I just my bad. Snow... Yeah. Yeah, it was Eight Below. I'm so confused with what I've said now. <laughs> yeah, my, my grandparents wanted to go see Eight Below. I thought, no, Dougal. I heard uh, Butch Hartman had something to do with it. I love Thrilly Odd Parents. Let's, oh, no. let's go see that. And Wait I could, a minute, did he? He did. Yeah, no. And we'll get into that. Yeah, that was, I remember, that was the thing I remember from the trailer. It, from the mind of Butch Hartman, creator of the Fairly Odd Parents. Like, sweet, he's doing movies now? So, yeah, we saw it, and I can remember coming out of the movie theater thinking, why was that bad? Movies can't be bad. That, that, that doesn't happen. They're movies. Movies are good. And, I could, and I, we, all the way home, I can think, I can't tell them that I didn't like it. I feel so bad. And I'm pretty sure they felt the same way. Like, oh, we don't want to tell them we didn't enjoy it because we don't want them to feel guilty. I'm like, I can't tell them I didn't enjoy it because I'm going to, they'll feel guilty. I feel bad that I made them spend money on this. It was, I, it was so bad. Go ahead, Tyler. Uh, I hope it was going to be a longer story. All right, let's. Nope, nope, that was it. Buckle up, kids. We're going to try to weed through this trek here. What we got? What we got? Okay. So, history first, because that's a thing I need to explain. So, back in the 60s in Britain, there was a stop-motion TV show called The Magic Roundabout that I saw a clip of on YouTube for context's sake, and it didn't look like anything special, but whatever. Maybe you Brits got a, a bit of a kick out of it. I don't know if anyone's old enough who's listening to this to even remember it, but... Some genius got the brilliant idea in the mid-2000s to turn it into a CGI animated feature that was okay. I mean, I didn't like it. I watched it in preparation for this review, and we'll get to the, we'll get to the differences and things in a little bit, but um, it's okay. So Harvey Weinstein of the Weinstein Company, who's known for releasing a lot of critical hits like uh, The King's Speech and some Tarantino movies, saw this and was like, this deserves an American release. And then the people working for him like, are, are, are you sure? This is what you want? He's like, yes, children will be robbed of something beautiful if they don't see this on the screen. So they're like, all right. So we just put it in the theaters, right? And he's like, no. No, we can't have all these Brits ruining our American movie theaters. We need to recast Our this. children will never be able to understand their accents. No, no, such strong... Thick accents coming from Judy Dench. So, what are we, we going to do? We need to get our American A-listers on this. Yeah, Kevin Smith plays a moose. Chevy Chase is a train. <laughs> <laughs> what? Chevy Fallon is a rabbit. <laughs> He's a rabbit oh, that yeah. doesn't shut up. He just keeps talking. He's like the real Chevy Fallon. And as we know, Tyler is a massive Jimmy Fallon fan. You did this to me. You knew what you did. I completely forgot that he was in this movie when I gave it to you. 
John Stewart is wasted as the villain. Ian McKellen plays a guy. I don't remember. It's a thing. And it's, it's about a cute little doggy, and his owner gets frozen by this jack-in-the-box guy or something. So he goes on an adventure with a cow, and the cow is dating a slug who's voiced by William H. Macy, and the cow is voiced by Whoopi Goldberg. What? And they go on this journey to try to get this thing back, but I don't know what it is. I don't care. It's a gem. Whatever. It's like an orb or something. It's an orb. Yeah. It's an orb. Okay, whatever. I'll just, I'll just give you the short version, because, like, it's a confusing plot that I don't wish on any child to try to try to figure out, but it's also really simple. They need a thing to do a thing, and then they get that thing, and that thing happens, and then the movie's over. And okay. I, there's a subplot with a Bill Hader, like, nutcracker, British guard-looking guy. He, he looks like Bill Hader? No, he's voiced by Bill Hader. Oh, I didn't know Bill Hader was a thing back then. Uh, he was just starting on SNL, so he would have definitely wanted a bit role like that just to get some cash. Gotcha. But, uh... I, I won't waste your time with this. It's, it's awful. It's, it's one of the worst animated movies I've seen in a long time, and that's saying something. Because I've seen lots of, uh, garbage... But uh, I can I can even remember in the trailers, Dougal had a, had the British voice and not whatever. Wait, American wait, they were that the lazy? Yeah, yeah, because because wow. Dougal sounded like a kid in the in the in the commercials, and then I was I didn't understand when I got in the theater, it sounded like a like an old man doing a high pitched voice, like Piglet. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. Oh, anyways, the Butch Hartman connection is he got hired. To kind of do a rewrite on all the ADR dubbing, so they put more pop culture references and fart jokes in. So I, I remember hope, Jimmy I Fallon got... references The Matrix. Yeah, Ugh. there's Lord of the Rings references. There's all sorts of terrible things. There's even a couple of head scratchers. Like, is that our culture? Is, is that the American culture? Just references? Yeah, that's that's how you make an American kids movie. That's how you adapt one. Is you just put pop culture references. Like kids will know what this is, and if they don't, the adults will. I guess. I don't know who to blame for this. I don't know who to blame for that. I, nobody wanted to see it. I don't know who wanted to make it. I don't know how they got all these famous people and Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I, I, think, Is it? I think it's more a fascinating movie than what I would recommend you go out and watch. Like, go research it if you're interested. Because it, it's fascinating how this got brought about. Like, how, it's like... Par this is going to be a weird example. It was like Paramount releasing that Mother movie recently. It's like, you know you're going to flop with that. You know you're not going to make money. So why? Like, whose bright mm -hmm. idea was it? Like, no kid's going to want to watch this. No adult's going to be stupid enough to take their kids to it. Except for Wendy's grandparents. They're great people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know where this movie came from or where it went. It went to the uh, bargain bin, and it's deep, deep down there. Yeah. I found it on YouTube. I <laughs> so I didn't pay for there it. There you go. Which is, which is the bright side. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's certainly a bonus. Mm -hmm. Technically, I was watching it during work, so I got paid to watch it. I, I wouldn't admit that on a farting, <laughs> Tyler. No, they, they know I watch stuff during work. It's fine. There you go. I, no one's so going to listen to this, but... Yeah. 
You don't. You don't know. We could. This could. This could blow up, and they'd come back and hear this, and oh no. Hey, if it, I, oh, it's, no. It's, it's, it's a win-win because if this blows up and I get fired, then I can do this for a living. I don't think anyone makes a living doing podcasts. Oh, ye of little faith. Oh my gosh, that ain't happening to us, boys. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, how do we end every episode, Josh? We end it with a palate cleanser. Mm. Now, we have had some disgusting movies in our mouth right now. We need something to wash it out. Mm -hmm. So, this is the time where we recommend anything that's been positive in our lives, whether it's a movie, a TV show, books. Um, and I'll go first. Tyler actually showed me this today. It's a mm -hmm. YouTube series called Dinner with Don. And it's a bunch of Hollywood celebrities sitting down and having dinner with Don Rickles and you know Don Rickles just passed away early in the year and he was I think one of the top comedians that's ever been that no one talks about like I, I knew him as a kid as Mr. Potato Head but the older I got and the more into comedy I just he's so wonderful he can he can insult anyone and just be full of love at the same time. You can tell it's such a happy teasing. It, it's impeccable. And just to see him talking with people like Jimmy Kimmel, Amy Poehler, uh, Zach Galifianakis. It, it's so great. And I, I miss him now that he's gone. But this is, this is a cool thing to have now. How about you, Mason? Um, well, actually, in the vein of my movie uh, that I had to watch, Scooby-Doo, I have a book I would like to suggest mm. uh, to our listeners um, called Meddling Kids. And I've actually mentioned it to uh, Lakaitis and Yanny mm -hmm. um, once or twice. I, nope, and... never, never heard you mention any of this. <laughs> no, I've, I had a full conversation with it uh, about it with you. I, I, um, I'm anyway. sure that could have happened. Um, Meddling it. Kids is a is a novel um, that was released back in July of this year, um, and it's sort of like if you took Scooby Doo and mashed it with Stranger Things. It's um, it, it takes the whole idea of Scooby Doo and actually, you know, does what I was talking about. It mm -hmm. makes it grow up. It's a, you know, it's a little more mature. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, has some, you know, mature elements. Do they have a stuff. dog? Is there a dog? They do have a dog. They do have a dog. It's very realistic though. And it sort of has, starts out with this group of kids that is basically a carbon copy almost of Mystery Inc. <laughs> right. Well, um, I mean, they're calling it meddling kids. So yeah. 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 And it knows. Yeah. It's a def it's definitely an homage and, uh, it, you know, starts with their last, uh, case in, um, 1970 something. And uh, they, you know, solve this case with the, you know, it was, the monster was actually this guy in a suit. And then flash forward uh, 20 odd years, it's 1991 now. They're all grown up and most of them are all washed up. Um, one of the characters actually uh, committed suicide even because they've slowly been realizing that that wasn't the real monster there was something else on that island and it's time to go back and put it to rest. So, so it's, uh, it's more that... Scooby-Doo meets it than, than Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah, a little bit. Of, yeah, there is a bit of it. Um, yeah, I, I just am a huge fan of Stranger Things, so I just uh, immediately... Well, I think Stranger Things is better than <laughs> it, so... Well, well, I don't know about the new one. I haven't seen the new one. Um, I'm a scaredy cat, so... But anyway, the book itself, Meddling Kids, uh, read it. It's It's... 
it's a lot of fun. I'm not too far in. I'm a very slow reader, but uh, I'm going to be catching up on uh, during my vacation coming up. So I will be reading it on the flight. Very nice. So, uh, and Tyler, what would you like to recommend? Um, I just got into the show because I, I, I watched the Evil Dead trilogy and I loved it. And it, it, I don't know why it took me this long, but there you go. There's a new show on Stars that the third season's coming out soon called Ash versus the Evil Dead. I'd hardly say it's new then if it's on the third season. It's new to me, and and it's, oh, that's true. it's the first like show that's still on that I've just gotten into, which is rare for me because usually I catch things after the fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, what you got? You got Bruce Campbell coming back after thirty years, and he's been living in a trailer, avoiding responsibility, and like kind of keeping the Necronomicon with him so he can, nothing happens. But he accidentally reads aloud from it, and then a bunch of crap happens. So he takes. His uh, guy and girl buddy from the value store he works with, and they go on a cross-country road trip to uh, try and stop the Evil Dead, and it's great. And it, I, cool. I got the first 20 episodes on DVD for, like, 20 bucks. It's just the first two oh, seasons. Nice. So it's, it's, it's worth checking out. It's uh, really gory, yeah. so if you're not into that, just, I mean, it's Evil Dead, so obviously Mm-hmm. Be aware. Oh, yeah, and I, I love Bruce Campbell, so I I've wanted to start watching that. No, I I, I think yeah, you'd like I'm it. I just I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anything in it you wouldn't uh, be you wouldn't like. I'd have to I'd have to think, but no, I think you'd love it. That's good. Yeah, no. Uh, my wife and I, when we went to our first Comic Con, uh, we went to a panel of his, and that was really fun. So oh, he's great. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. So, all right, cool. I guess that's our show then. All right. Well, we hope you one. enjoyed episode one of Artificial Entertainment. If you want to uh, follow us on any social media, you can find us at ArtificialPod, or you can email us at ArtificialPod at gmail.com. You can ask us questions, uh, tell us which one you like the most, or if you're Mason's mom, you can you know send us compliments about the show and maybe an embarrassing story or two about Mason. Did you say Artificial you Pod? Like oregano? Pod, like podcast. Ah, there should be context clues here where you can get that. <laughs> you think, wouldn't you? Yeah. And if you want to follow us, I'm at Josh Lakaitis on Twitter. Mason? I'm at good old price. And Tyler? Huh? How can people find you? Don't. But uh, if you need to, please call 1 800. All right, there you go. If you need to contact Tyler, just call 1-800. All right. Just keep dialing until um, someone picks up. I'll be there. <laughs> All right. This has been Artificial Entertainment. I've been Josh Lakaitis. I've been Mason Betterly. And I've been Sleepy. Have a great night. And God bless. Thank you. In a world of strange derangement. Thank God for artificial entertainment. Oh, we got things we're gonna watch. Do do do. Just see, listen. We'll have we'll Scotch. have a real theme song soon enough. Just, just not right now. Did you say derangement? Culture vulture. I don't know. I'm making up lyrics. This is where you fade out.